Hey, Marvel! Star Wars fans here. We're taking everybody. All the talent. We're taking it all. Because you guys make all the good stuff. Now we're going to make all the good stuff. Thank you very much. Welcome, everybody, to the <laughs> Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How are you? How's everybody doing on this wonderful Monday? Uh, that did Jan sound very demanding, by the way. You were just like, hey, we're here. <laughs> we're taking it. Should I have been more aggressive? A little bit. You're Marvel! <laughs> now you just sound like the the bully outside my house. Give me the people. You stole my girlfriend. <laughs> hey, Gillerin. <laughs> uh, I hope that was better. But uh, no, welcome everybody to the show. This is our Monday show. We're going to talk about what's going on uh, in uh, Star Wars news. Even we're going to tackle some uh, rumors that are floating around um, and uh, reveal a couple of things here in just a moment. We have a great Patreon pod race coming up. And switching things up a little bit, no questions this week because we have an interview Thursday, uh, which um, we'll reveal uh, at the end here. But we're doing resistance transmissions to end the show, so get your uh, get your laughs ready because it's going to be a good round there. Uh, but James and Lacey with me as always. Uh, what's up, guys? How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, like you said, I, I'm excited about the interview that we that is coming up on Thursday. I'm excited for everybody to hear that and. Um, I'm going to let Lacey talk here in a second, but I'm excited about some of the other announcements that you're talking about here. Um, so hopefully the, those things pan out and you'll hear about them in just a second. Just hold on. Just we'll get there. My announcements. My only announcement is that the egg is back for everybody that asked last week for it. It is returned to the backdrop. Grogu in the furry egg. So enough suga to go around for everybody. Yolks on you. <laughs> It really was. I was like, look at my new backdrop. And then I didn't realize my chair blocked it. And everyone was like, where's the egg? And I was oh. like, ah, I'm sorry. Before so you brought it back, you were a shell of your former self. And now here you are. <laughs> exactly. I hate both of you. Can we get, please continue? All right. Yeah, that was, that any, was any other ones? You want to get them out? No, 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 no. I don't want to turn this into a hairy situation. Um, okay. Uh. Uh, before we get into some of the announcements, make sure you guys... Uh, if, if you haven't yet, go to weirdbrothers.com and pick up our coffee. It's called the Resistance Brew. We collaborated with a small business down in Virginia, and we made this wonderful medium roast, the Resistance Brew. Uh, you can pick it up online on their website. Just look for the Resistance Brew. Buy a bag. They'll ship it right to you, and you can have a delicious cup of coffee. And who doesn't like a nice hot cup of coffee in the winter? That is a delicious brew from a small business that you're helping out and small content creators, real small content creators. We don't pretend we're small content creators. We are real small content creators. Right? <laughs> um, but we also want to uh, remind you, this past Friday, we ended the Mando Fan Show Season 2. Uh, Clayton Sandell joined us uh, for, I think, the fifth or sixth time. And we kind of did our recap of uh, Season 2. Not recap. You know what happened in Season 2. But our kind of look back, reflect back on the season. And uh, we gave away uh, the Mando Code uh, giveaway. So congrats to, right. uh, to our winner there. Um, and, uh, the other thing we, uh, want to announce here, uh, and by the way, th thank you to everybody who joined us on those live streams, right guys? I mean, that was, it was really, really fun. It's the best 100%. part. That was amazing. And everyone who uh, participated with the super chats, like it helped us so much. And we look forward to doing more live streams in the future. We're going to get some virtual cantinas back. We know how much you guys love those and some other surprise live streams we're going to get going. Uh, this year, I already have some ideas in my head circulating as I speak. So, are you trying not um, to say down all down the line? <laughs> all down the line, all of it. 
but no, really, thank you because that was such a cool venture of us to get into, and uh, great job to both James and Lacey for how we facilitated that. Um, it's because way really, to host, John. It, oh, thank you. Uh, but really, the, I think the, between all the work we put together, it really went off smoothly because I know sometimes live streams can be a disaster and i feel like we didn't really have that many problems knock on wood and hopefully next time around we don't uh we don't either so great job guys pat ourselves on the back a little bit here yeah 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 um but the other thing uh pretty cool so star wars newsnet and the resistance broadcast have been summoned to join uh the movie trivia schmodown so we're going to be getting into the Star Wars division of the movie tri- movie trivia showdown, which is uh, created by Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, who uh, a lot of our listeners might know from the old Collider Jedi Council, and they're doing their thing over there on the Schmodown Network. Uh, so we're entering the ring, uh, and you know we they they're doing the draft on January 29th, and us and a bunch of uh, the other guys from Star Wars Newsnet, my colleagues over there, our colleagues over there. Um, are going to be drafted, and we'll see where we end up. We may be foes, maybe teammates. I'm not really sure, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys excited, nervous? You guys looking forward to doing some uh, combative one-on-one Star Wars trivia with other Star Wars fans out there? I was nervous the moment it was brought up to me, so the nervousness hasn't stopped. So we'll see where that gets me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think anytime we ever do the trivia thing, we always kind of underestimate ourselves and then we end up doing a lot better than we thought. Um, so it kind of it kind of excites me. I know we're all going to be on our own this time. Um, and that is also granted that we get picked. So, I mean, now is a good opportunity to kind of like help out. If you guys want to see us on the show, let the people who are making the picks know, you know what I mean? That they think we would do good, on, that we would be uh, good competitors because it also let them know that i beat john in a little quiz we did on our own recently yeah that's debatable i think (laughs) it's really not you asked me what score i got i told you and you were like i got worse than that that was based on streak points and stuff we were not going to get into that right now i don't think (laughs) but if you guys don't think i don't think we're gonna get if if you guys if you guys want to do see how we did on trivia we did something with uh our buddies at uh barstool that jeff Lowe and lights camera barstool we played Mm. that he's also involved is he involved that yeah yeah him and uh yeah some of those other barstool guys are also um they're doing movie trivia and also geekdom and i think jeff specifically is in star wars he's doing star wars showdown I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think you John, were well, wrong. Uh, look, we're still paying for that chiropractor bill for you carrying us the team that night. But <laughs> well, to go, but. No, go, go check that out because we did have fun there. And if you do feel like we did well, let people know. But I, as far as I know, we're in it. I'm not really sure the details, but you know, we do want to thank uh, Christian and Mark for reaching out to Star Wars Newsnet and uh, getting us in the mix. Um, we put us, we posted an article I wrote on StarWarsNewsnet.com, kind of giving you an update of what. That is uh, the Shemodan, if you don't know what it is. Uh, but it's pretty much like a one-on-one. Uh, they also do tag teams, but like a one-on-one movie trivia head-to-head competition. And with like a little uh, dramatic flair of like a World Wrestling Federation or WWE yeah, type say, thing. It's, so. it's, it's wrestling for movie trivia. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, we look forward to getting involved with that. And uh, we'll, as we know more details, we'll let you know. But uh, we're very excited to get involved with that. So thanks to everybody over there at the Schmodown for uh, letting us be a part of it. We look forward to uh, getting in the mix. So thank you guys for that. Uh, but now uh, it's time to get on with our show here. So the Resistance Report, James, um, we're not heavy on news, but uh, we always have a good time with whatever stories we're in the mix with, right? So let's fire that thing up. 
It's the resistance. All right, guys. Uh, this week, Deadline is actually reporting that Loki series writer and producer Michael Waldron is going to write the Kevin Feige produce Star Wars film. Now, as they say it kind of right now, it's not like he's the guy. It's that he's penning the first version of the film. So as we've seen with other properties like Kenobi, there's always a chance that this might not be the final thing. But um, I think uh, one thing, just to throw a little bit of an opinion on the story right to get going, um, this probably bodes well for Loki. So if you're a fan of, of that show, they've probably looked at it, liked how it turned out, and then said, hey, man, we're thinking about having you involved in Star Wars. So initially, when I hear this story, I think um, that they're happy with, with Loki probably more than any other other series. Uh, and then um, that this guy got the job, and at, at this point, it's in good hands. John, I want to run to you first. Um, what do you think about Michael Waldron handling um, this kind of mysterious Kevin Feige-produced Star Wars film? Well, the first thing, um, I, I want to bring attention to the uh, image that we used on StarWarsNewsNet.com of Michael Waldron uh, at uh, the D23 red carpet because it looks like a mugshot. <laughs> I think it's no, funny. Well, that that particular shot is actually from um, the latest Mission Impossible film. Oh, okay. So he's Henry Cavill. <laughs> uh, stunt yeah. Double. yeah. He <laughs> yeah. does kind of look like him. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do think this is, uh, this is good news. Um, it, it's interesting what's going on here. We're seeing a pattern of a lot of things that I kind of joked at the open about that we have um, a lot of Marvel talent, uh, a lot of superhero movie talent being pulled into Lucasfilm. If you think about the next three Star Wars movies that are confirmed that we know about, you have Kevin Feige, Marvel, head honcho, uh, producer, uh, producing the movie. Now you have Michael Waldron writing it, who not only is doing the Loki series and show running that, but also he was brought in to rewrite, do rewrites for the sequel to Doctor Strange, the Sam Raimi mm -hmm. sequel. Uh, so if you're bringing in someone to do rewrites for a Sam Raimi movie, Another good sign that the guy knows how to write some dialogue. So um, uh, that's very exciting to hear about um, what he's going to bring to the table. Now, we don't know what this movie is about. We don't know anything about the story. Um, it, you know, Time we, period, anything. Nothing. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we're always thinking about here, are they going to do some sort of Avengers thing with Star Wars? And you know, Lacey's brought up, are they going to do like the join all these series together and bring it into a, a head and maybe Feige produces that. It's a lot of speculation, but either way, I think it's good news that uh, they're bringing in talent from Marvel. And then you have Taika Waititi doing one of the movies and Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman in DC coming in. So all this other talent from these superhero and comic book, like all these white hot things from the past few years, uh, Lucasfilm was like, you know what? We're going to swallow our pride and be like, we want that talent too. come on over. Let's make it a party over here, too. And I'm fine with that. I don't think that diminishes anything for Lucasfilm. I think it's just a smart move. Say, we know what works. We know that fans like what these people have done. Uh, come on over. Let's have, let's have a party. And they've already started with Taika, obviously, with Mandalorian and stuff like that. So um, yeah. not too much details about this movie, so I can't get into too much more about it. But that's my take on it. It just feels like one of those uh, sounds good type of stories to me. Yeah, Lacey, what are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, the funny thing is, before the the Star Wars announcement here, I actually saw the, the announcement for the Doctor Strange thing with him first. So when I saw this story, I was like, mm. wait, didn't they just announce this guy for Doctor Strange? And then it, it's the same person. Um, 
first of all, the Loki series looks awesome from the trailers and stuff that we've seen so far. Tom Hiddleston is like the perfect Loki. And I think it needs to be said that Loki as a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a character that people have grown to love as a fan favorite. Like, I know people like Captain America and they like Thor. He has this like die hard, I feel like audience Loki does. And it grew from Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of him. Mm -hmm. So to turn that into an entire series, they needed to get someone really good to do that because fans would rip it apart otherwise. So the fact that this guy did Loki and now they're bringing him into Star Wars to do a film, to me says that, like John said, one, he's obviously very good, which we knew, but two, that they're really happy with how he handled this fan favorite character. So could he possibly be handling a character that people love as well? That he can say, oh, I've already done this character over here, so that means you can trust me with this character in Star Wars. Um, so it's interesting to think about that. I think Kevin Feige is very John Favreau-ish, if we like to say that, uh, where he takes people that he likes and puts them in the right positions. I think Kevin Feige does the same thing. I think maybe John Favreau got that from Kevin Feige. <laughs> he might have learned that from him. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But they've worked together before. So like John said, it's super interesting to hear how, you know, Obviously, Marvel and Star Wars are under that Disney umbrella, but there's a lot of back and forth with these people of like, this person's doing this, and now they're coming over here, and Tyke's moving over. And um, I think it's super smart of Disney to keep these talented people under their umbrella of their properties, because they have had people like James Gunn jump ship and go to DC. Yep. And from what I see of Suicide Squad 2, it looks really good well, also. James Gunn didn't really jump ship. I mean, I don't want to get into that whole thing. I yeah. meant like he moved over to DC. I don't want to get into it. But yeah. he is now coming back again. So yes. it, it's tough to keep talent around. But I think Disney, Marvel, and Lucasfilm are doing a really good job. And I trust the judgment of Kevin Feige probably more than a lot of other producers in Hollywood. I mean, he is worth so much, not only in money, but like in talent that he's able to produce these major, major successful films that I trust his judgment. I trust what he does, what he thinks. And I think Disney does too. So if he's yeah. choosing this guy, you know, Michael Waldron's good. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to think um, they're going to shake up that movie schedule that they have later. I was actually about to ask, are there three movies schedule, scheduled so far? Yeah, so 20, then it would be... 25, and 27. Right. So... Currently, we can assume that it's Taika, Patty, and this movie. The Patty first. Patty's Patty's first. So Patty, Taika, then this movie. But uh, I, I, I'm suggesting more? they're they're ramping back up. Mm, interesting. Because to, for me to think that this movie that they're having this guy write right now that Kevin mm-hmm. Feige's producing is not we're not going to see it for seven years. No I can't way. Believe yeah. That. Yeah. No. So. Way. Yeah, they're, they're either I doing. Mean, we're gonna see a, an Apple self-driving car before we're gonna see. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Always the self-driving cars. If if you were a fly on the wall with a conversation we had off air, um, <laughs> my nightmare realized. Uh, no, but they're either doing what I never thought they would do, which is make Star Wars feature films directly for Disney Plus, and they're gonna start doing. One of they those might, a year, yeah. and then one in theaters a year. Or uh, they're like, you know what? 
we're kind of going back to our ambition and we're going to do one feature film a year. So you're going to, we're going to start with Patty in 2023, but then we're going to go 24, 25, 26, 27. Um, and maybe that opens the door again for the faithful of Ryan Johnson who are like, yeah, you know what? Maybe he still is making his movies, but I just don't, you know, with the three movies set up here and we know confirmed Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron is 2023. I just, it, it's hard enough to believe Taika's is five years away. If that's even true. Up? I maybe, but, but to think that like, there's no way that this 23, 25 and 27 is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just can't. I cannot buy that. I know movies take a long time to to get developed, and sometimes movies are in early development for decades and all that craziness. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. is a thing that they're like, we're getting this guy to write. Kevin Feige's producing it. It seems a lot closer to something that will get into greenlit, into production, that I I don't think we're going to wait seven years to be seeing this thing. So And um, Disney needs money right now. (laughs) Yeah, so So. I I think we're going to, in the next year, maybe... When they have that big webcast, that's going to be their next thing. When we're post, please, post-pandemic, um, m- people go back to theaters just to go back to n- a normal sense of life. There's going to be some mm-hmm. sort of let's rally behind the movie theaters. And guess what? We're coming back in a big way. Um, one film a year, Star Wars coming back at you. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Man, I could see that. Yeah, because another thing to say about these three movies, they're, they are spaced out. Like, when we first got the announcement, we're like, oh, that's a trilogy. And then we're like, yeah, oh, right, no, right. you know? Mm. And these three movies seemingly have nothing to do with each other. So it would be really weird to think, like, I know it's not exactly the same, but picture them doing, like, a, a, a Rogue One, and then two years later they do Solo, and then two years later they do, like, a Kenobi movie or something. You know, it's like, that's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it does make me think that those are just interesting placeholders right now. Um, but another thing I, I so I reiterate that point. Um, but Lacey, you were so close to, to saying my thoughts on the, the writer, uh, Michael. Well, Waldron. I'm glad I didn't because now you can yeah. say them. I mean, some fans might have even <laughs> like listeners might have gotten to that point uh, before. But you didn't get there, um, which is he clearly uh, you said he works well writing fan favorite characters, mm-hmm. ones that already have these long backstories and stuff. And my thought process was yes, Solo. plus no, Loki is played by Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hiddleston has been fan cast for a very long time as Palpatine, a young Palpatine. Mm. That's true. And so if they think <laughs> that this guy writes well for a Tom Hiddleston, the actor, then there might be a pairing there that makes sense for what Kevin Feige, a longtime fan of the Star Wars franchise, sure. has probably already had a, uh, his longtime dream of doing, which is potentially producing a movie that's all about um, the bad guy the character, yeah. Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That could that be was, cool. That, I wasn't was ever going to go there, so I'm glad you did. Well, I thought I thought you were getting so close. You're like, he's really good at this and this and this. And I was like, oh, I don't, don't like say Palpatine, he's good with working with so... Tom Hiddleston. James, yeah. I, I actually have, uh, a, I found a scan of a rough draft of one of Michael uh, Waldron's scripts for his He's young, been drawing for like... For his... Is it called Sheevy Babes, a Star Wars story? Here's that. They, I, this was uh, dropped off. I don't know where I found it. 
but it's confirmed uh, because this is on YouTube and on a podcast. This is real. <laughs> this is the title of the Michael Waldron written Kevin Feige produced movie about a young Palpatine. He really built in this up. So much setup, yeah. Shivy babes, do it. <laughs> do it. A Star Wars do story. Uh, Shivy babes. John so would lose it, it if they made that announcement. Oh, I think no. that would be wonderful. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I, McDermott's my guy, and I was very upset about the rumors about the Matt Smith, and when I heard he was out, and I was uh, using that to claim he wasn't going to be in it because I knew he wasn't going to be in it, I thought that was really <laughs> cool. But uh, I'm da- I like Tom Hiddleston, so I think that'd be kind of an interesting thing. I've been wanting them to explore the Plagueis thing, so that's a good theory, James, and, and mm. whoever else out there who's tossing that around. But I um, hate it because I hate Bob. One. <laughs> It's funny, when we started recording this pod, we're like, how are we going to talk about these stories? And now here we are. because yeah. we, we, but Here one, we are, because we're a podcast. But one, one other thing, one other thing. They, when Solo happened and the box office didn't go where they wanted to, they're like, we're, we're abandoning these spinoffs and these Solo mm-hmm. one-shot films. And here we are, to your point, uh, both of you, these movies look like they are standalones. Like Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. appears to be its own thing. I don't think Pat- Patty Jenkins is making a Rogue Squadron trilogy. Uh, trilogy or yeah. series. Of- so that's its own thing. Taika, you know that's going to be his own little vacuum in, in space, literally. Uh, and then uh, whatever is going on here. So are they going back? Are they Are they saying like, you know what? Maybe we overreacted a bit. Maybe we did realize we made a huge mistake with how we marketed Solo and it wasn't Solo's fault. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> what? Imagine all this talk we're doing about Solo on on Disney Plus, and they just wind up coming back and doing a sequel. I don't know. I just say it's it's not likely because obviously Kazdin and Ron Howard said not likely, but it mm. seems like they're they are revisiting the idea of one shot films. So that's where I thought James um, was going. I was like, oh, a Solo, and he was like, no, nah. <laughs> nah, Tom Hiddleston, Palpatine. Um, all right, well, let's let's move on to Patty Jenkins then, because we brought her up a little bit in that. And uh, as we're talking more about these stories uh, or uh, about these movies that are just set James, so far in, in real the quick, future, what? How old would a young Palpatine be in that story? Would he be like a, a little kid or would he be a Palpatine? Really? That's what made you interrupt, James? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Go ahead, James. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I love their chemistry. Five stars. Go ahead, James. <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes, everyone. And Yelp. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, does Spotify do reviews? I don't know. They probably mm. do. Um, no, but uh, we're we're talking about uh, these movies that are coming up, and if they're they're connected and all this, and um, it looks like Patty Jenkins has said that she's just now finished, or they're wrapping up the um, the treatment for rogue squadron so um i i guess this basically kind of announced she was doing this with collider and she was asked about it um but she says uh eventually when we get the script ready and everything i want those people to have their um their heyday but uh right now we're just kind of at that state we're finishing up the treatment for the movie um so there's this is still a long ways away um, but we can get excited about it a little bit as they move forward. So it's, it's not just a pitch anymore. Um, she, she got the pitch meeting, uh, and got the job, but now they're working towards actually building this universe, uh, and putting the treatment together. Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this one. What do you think about, 
um, her confirmation that they are nearing the end of this process? Well, I think I was kind of confused because there's been so many of these little announcements from Patty where it's like, oh, yeah. she's talking about this. Oh, Chris Pine is talking about this. Oh, mm-hmm. she's not saying this. So I, first of all, I'm super excited she's doing this movie. I've said this before. She was one of my picks in 2020 as a director I'd love to see do Star Wars. Um I can't wait to see where this movie ends up, and I hope everything goes according to plan. And I know it usually doesn't, but I hope everything goes smoothly for her. Um, But yeah, my reaction initially to this story is like she's still very, very much in the early stages of this movie. I mean, if they're not even done with the script, they only have the treatment, which is like, this is what's going to happen. So they haven't written it yet, which is kind of crazy to me because I feel like when we get the announcement, we just kind of assume as fans, we're like, oh, they've got a script and they know who they're... They don't know that much yet. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to hear her be so open about the process. I think that's a little different than directors and Lucasfilm people that we've got in the past, that they're so kind of open early on. Um, so I hope she keeps that up in the future as she goes through the process. I'm like J.J. Abrams, who was like, I started a Twitter account. I'm going to post one picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's cool. I mean, uh, you know, the thing that keeps getting, not shelved, but um, forgotten about in the early um, hype about this is that on that logo, it's clear to pretty much, I think everybody has confirmed that it looks like a T-65 X-Wing. Yeah. But at the same time, this story is being said to be taking place in a future era. Um, so it's beyond the, the days of the glory days of the rogue squadron of old. Um, so are they finding these old X-Wings from a different set of legacy pilots and, and, and doing something, um, with it that may be going against the grain of the new Republic or, or who knows what happens beyond if it's beyond episode nine and whatever that Republic is called. So the, all that stuff's interesting. And I guess that's what they're putting pen to paper now. Um, I want to find out who's writing this thing. You know, she, she's, I don't know that she hyped it up, but because she hasn't said a lot about it, she's caused a hype about it by saying, I want to wait for them to have their stage to be revealed who it is. Now, it mm-hmm. could just be blank, blank, insert name here of writer that we don't know. And that could be mm-hmm. fine because she wants mm-hmm. to, to give a new writer their due and their moment. Yeah. Um, which makes me think that might be the case. Or she's, they're like, hold off because this is another big PR thing we can get going. That's we don't want to double up with your announcement. Let's Who wait. Who wrote Top Gun? Uh, the original, the newer oh. one. Chris McQuarrie? No. Huh, you you guys can keep talking. Okay. I'll look it up. Okay. Um. So no, I mean it's it's cool to hear that she's you know finishing this up and she you know in fairness she has so much time now because. Um, look about like when JJ took on episode nine in the fall, like September of 2017, and they didn't finish the script till February 2018. Yeah. That movie had to come out a year and 10 months from then. She has a whole year to finish the script, mm-hmm. start shooting, and then have another year and for it for to come production. out at the end of that year. So um, this is cool. I mean, this is fine. It, it seems like everything's on pace. I don't think people need to worry too much about the Wonder Woman 84 not get, getting a mixed bag review um, because, you know, she she has a big hit with Wonder Woman, the the first one. I, I You know, some people 
have hit or miss movies and that's fine uh i, I think, think this is also coming from a personal place like with her father that yeah. this is gonna have a, a different agree. importance to her than wonder woman did i agree and but, but you know and that's not we're not that's not us saying because i know people will say well you don't think wonder woman's important to her that's not what we're saying i haven't seen 84 i loved yeah. the first one yeah i so. i love the first one didn't like 84 but again you know there's been movies of people i didn't like who end up making good like there's ron howard movies i don't like that and i love yeah. his contribution to star wars so um <laughs> i i'm it's cool i think it's good and it's one of those uh, stories where hopefully it goes along without any hitches and there's no production problems and all that stuff is way in the past with star wars and right oh, right all down the line lacy <laughs> there it is jo- <laughs> you guys will think this is funny. I looked at, so the writer for Top Gun uh, Maverick is Peter Craig. Um, and his known fours are going to be so divided between you two because he's known for writing The Town. Oh. I haven't seen it. And then he's also known for writing Hunger Games Mockingjay oh. Part 1. Oh, I hated Mockingjay Part <laughs> 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, Mockingjay John Part 1 and 2. Town and I know yeah. Lacey is like Mockingjay down. Mockingjay yeah. Part 1 and 2 were like literally marketing meetings. Like it was like, let's just sit in meetings for two hours. Ugh. Honestly, I still I, haven't my seen favorite them. was the third book. I I liked the third book. Second the best. book, second movie were my favorites. They made books but out of those second movies. Second movie is yeah. So the second good. movie is the best. So good, hands down. So yeah. good, hands um, down. Okay. Can I? That's hands right. Do, down. do people understand how awesome the town is? <laughs> I've never seen it. Are you kidding? No. You need to watch the town. I'll pass. That is so <laughs> stupid. Oh my god! You have. Why, why would you pass? Yeah. I'm just saying it to annoy him. Okay. Because <laughs> you... I mean, like, it's not. It's not like. I think you... I own it. I just haven't seen it. Oh yeah. Like, just if somebody was like, "Hey, you will watch this movie and you will enjoy it," and you're like, "I'll pass." It's like, why? why I do why it all the time, though. I have this weird yeah. thing that like people are like you have to see this, and I'm like, nah. Yeah, yeah but you do that too. I do that on TV I'm saying series, I do but that. not on movies, usually. No, but you tell people to, they have to watch things. I know, all the uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gotta John, finish my Cobra Kai. And, and, oh my God, it's um, so good. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was... Um, I mean, I know you brought up the whole like Panky J- Patty Jenkins and do we have to worry about her from the 1984 thing, but I, I did see something specifically that I was like, man, Star Wars really does have a bad track record of of picking up and I, just off the top of my head I was writing a couple down like <laughs> Josh Trank and then he, and then he released Fantastic 4 and they were like oh no that's bad and then Trevorrow and then he released Book of Henry and they were like oh geez and then he's <laughs> mysteriously gone and then um Ryan Johnson they announced him for a big trilogy and then Last Jedi happens and they're like and they're kind of not really doing anything with that and now um oh, Benioff and Wise like set to do a series of movies and then season eight drops and they're like, maybe not. Is you know? it I the mean, Lucasfilm like, curse? <laughs> this, it feels like it's like when Patty Jenkins is announced, everybody's like, oh, she did Wonder Woman. That was great. We really liked it. We're excited about it. And then 84 <laughs> drops. It's like, is, is, and they're like barely past the treatment stage. Is there enough time for Lucasfilm to be like, maybe if, we're not going to go I, ahead with a, this one. If I'm a movie writer or director or producer, and I get hired by Star Wars to make a movie, I'm not putting out my next projects. 
that's just good. Hold. Yeah. I was like, you like? Oh, you like that one? I'm done until we start Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Book of Henry can go on a shelf. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that is not on the bookshelf. By any yeah. Means. Yeah. Uh, bookshelf of Henry. Exactly. Um, so uh, moving on to our next story, and th- this one's kind of interesting. So um, there's a a person named Jim Hill, and he is kind of a Disney insider. He has his own podcast, and he's been a lot. He's been involved with a lot of other programs and other sorts of uh, media and publicity. And he recently said that he believes that uh, Galaxy's Edge, the theme park is going to be moving in a direction that's a little less like this very specific era, but a little more widespread Star Wars. And part of the big move to this direction is that they're going to anticipate bringing in um, some of the successful characters, such as The Mandalorian, right? And some of the characters from that show and potentially other characters from other properties, bringing us kind of back to that just generic Star Wars, and it doesn't really have to be a a story. Um, I... I have my feelings on this story, but I want to hear John's take on it first. I actually what, want to hear you your take first, James, because you're the only one that's been to Galaxy's that's Edge. That's a good point, yeah. My my thought on this, just to get started right away, is that I, number one, I have a, a history with this person because they, um, not like not like in-person person, but Is it an is, event? No, there was this, there was someone who I was talking to regularly who came to my work and we would talk about Disney and because he was huge into Disney, big collector. He listened to all the stories, he always knew the news. And the longer I talked to him, I was very I was kind of certain that he was getting bad information. Uh. He was a person that was regularly l- like listening to someone that was not telling stories, but things weren't panning out. You know, and it just seemed like I was kind of like, man, I don't I don't know about that. And I know that the one he always led me to was Jim Hill. And I listened to Jim Hill a couple times and I was like, I don't like this guy. Not like I don't like him personally, (laughs) but like I don't like I don't like the way he speculates as fact. I felt so when I heard this, my first thoughts are, well, it's coming from Jim Hill. Now, granted, he has a long history of of getting things right i assume because people listen to him in some degree um but the story just initially i'm like no this is like this has vibes of uh of lucasfilm is decanonizing the sequel trilogy and they're starting over like we're erasing all of our plans and everything that we've built up galaxy's edge to be um because it's quote unquote like not working and we want to be able to do stuff it's like they knew very from the get-go that this is the plan and this is how it was going to work for a very long time for decades uh and i and to for them to be backing out of this um you know three or four years into it i i I have to call bunk i don't think any Hmm. of this is true but it's a rumor so I feel like I have that liberty and it's not a report. Um, now I could be wrong and I think it would be cool to see Din Djarin, uh at the park. I would gladly get my picture taken with him and I would think it would be cool for them to expand into other worlds and other characters and things. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I just don't think that's the plan and I don't think they're going to move away from that. I think that this story might be true 
but not the way that he's presenting it. I think that the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and Grogu will make their ways to the parks because it's money. I don't think they're going to go into Galaxy's Edge. I think they're going to go into Launch Bay. Because Launch Bay has Kylo Ren and Chewbacca and BB-8 and Darth Vader as photo ops. They could mm-hmm. easily switch out those rooms, make the Mandalorian and Grogu and put Grogu on a little post animatronic like they do with uh, BB-8. Uh, BB-8 and uh, Baby Groot that you can take pictures with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an easy way to work Mandalorian in and have him in the parks and people still go to Star Tours and you could work in some Mandalorian maybe levels of or worlds into star tours and then yep, it doesn't touch galaxy's edge whatsoever they've built galaxy's edge as something very specific that doesn't mean that they're erasing what they're doing by having these characters there like you said james i think that's the thing that i'm like what you have all different princesses walking down main street usa that doesn't mean that elsa lives on main street usa (laughs) like come on guys have a little bit of separation here yeah Uh, but i'm just when i hear look i love disney i'm a huge disney fan have been my whole life it's part of me but i don't think that galaxy's edge should be treated as this magical world kind of like harry potter and i think that's what people are treating it like because at the end of the day it's still part of disney and they still have Star Tours and Launch Bay, so you mm-hmm. can't automatically assume they're going to erase things they have planned. Yeah, they might bring in shows and stuff. That doesn't mean they're removing canon, you know? It's just kind of yeah. crazy. I, and, and I think you're right. The, the the ability to bring in the Mandalorian makes sense, like what you're saying at Launch Bay and stuff. I just think when if you were to have Mandalorian walking around um, the Galaxy's Edge like area... Still fine. And all of a sudden... I, no, because I, to me, that's like, yeah, Elsa doesn't live on Main Street, but you're never going to see Elsa in Tomorrowland. Okay, that's fair. she doesn't fair. fit there. That's fair. That's fair. So th- th- I, I'm fine with the character showing up at the park. That makes sense. Um, they'd be stupid not to do it, but they, th- I would imagine that they would try to keep the world that they've built and keep them out of specific areas where they don't belong, if that's, you will. That's totally fair. Sorry, John. I didn't mean to jump usurp your, your your time oh no that's fine um i I've very never, passionate about disney I, i've never been a big <laughs> fan of this um uh time centric this is when galaxy's edge happens i, I actually think mm-hmm. that idea is stupid um and no offense to the people who made it but it just handcuffs them and they've already kind of fumbled a bit because you got kylo ren running around with a mask on which doesn't make sense if it takes place between episodes eight and nine uh, yeah, you still have the Falcon with the rectangle dish on. We know that gets replaced because it broke off at the end of episode eight. So if you want to get all canon about it, there's it's already incorrect. Right. Um, right. And I don't care. I'm just the, the, the devil's advocate. <laughs> can't it's a theme park. I do not care. Uh, and that's my kind of my Harry point. Potter is anytime too. Yeah, so the devil's advocate yeah. for me is just bringing that up because you know there, there's already the inconsistency. So the people saying like, no, it's, it takes place between it. It's a theme park, guys. You're, you're buying cans of soda, Coca Cola. I really want that Jabba cup. There's a gift shop. That thing is so cool. Like, let's just all calm down. So I think this very well could happen, and I would welcome it to happen. I think it would be really cool to have this, as they say, nebulous, not dated. But it's still Batu, but maybe uh, on certain times it's uh, you know Mandalorian themed, or certain times. And the Falcons, sure. o- the Falcons, always there. But certain times it's Mandalorian themed. Like it would be so cool to see the Razor Crest or whatever his next ship is there. Maybe instead of Poe's X-wing, 
uh or that would something be super cool or, and like add a, a new ride or something like that uh have mandos and even like the children of the watch walking around have the armorers section somewhere i don't know like i, I don't like the idea of like this john gets hired by disney imagineering armor section armor like that section. Uh, yeah, we've never heard. We've never thought of this before. We've never thought of it at the theme park. Yeah. Uh, but I guess you know my point is like this: this this obsession with canon in Star Wars, like the there's a ceiling, and I feel like our heads are mushed up right against it to the point where we need to blast through that glass and just take a breath and say, just stop, just have fun, just stop, because <laughs> yeah. it's it's great, and I love the idea of canon because it. It helps enhance the suspension of disbelief. And when they're telling the stories in the movies and the series, the animated, all that stuff, uh, I, I like how they preserve that. That means a lot to me. Like the no recasting of Luke thing is a big thing for me. I like that they did what they did. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a theme park and stuff, like we have to cut the line a little bit here. We have to remember this is a just a it's a movie franchise. We got a theme park here. I mean, I'm of the. I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet. I know I'm gonna love it, but I'm of the ilk. I would have loved to have seen them make the bridge on in Cloud City that I can go walk and see where Vader and Luke or fought. Ewok yeah, Village, yeah. The the twin sunset thing. Imagine they had a volume with a twin sunset, and you could be standing there with your foot up like Luke, and hear the music and hear the wind blowing, and feel like you were there where he was. We should hire this guy. That would be an incredible theme park experience instead of being like, there's Batuu and it's canon and it takes place before the thing. Come on. So I could see, <laughs> in the long story short, I could see this happening. I would welcome it. And to me, it's not that big of a deal. If it doesn't happen, fine. I just want to go to Galaxy's Edge. So People it, want pictures with Grogu. I'm telling you, launch bay is where it's going to happen. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's, you're going to see him on the rock or something. Or they're mm-hmm. going to put him somewhere where they can move him around. And he yeah. talks, yeah. It just seems yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah, like you say, whether it's Launch Bay or not, you know they're going to inject Grogu into Galaxy's Edge somehow. He's the, They need money, like you said, Lacey. He's right now the new Golden Goose next to Vader. Everybody loves him, yeah. And wouldn't it be cool seeing Darth Vader march down Batu? Like, come on. So I would be cool with anybody, really. I mean... It's just, it's like, just why, fun. Why not? It doesn't, it's like Comic-Con. It's like you go there, you see all these characters together. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, yeah. So but, I, I, yeah. I think if, if they but also, chill on that, they, they can do a lot more things. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, but it would also be really cool to see Iron Man in Galaxy's Edge. All right. James. That's a little different, okay. James. It's not Star Wars. What are you talking about now? Now you're just, see, now you're, now you're James. being like James is being I'm gonna that guy. self-drive you out of this conversation. Disney's like, we should hire this guy. Let's get Iron Man into Star. They are talking about Robert Downey Jr. He's playing Thrawn, apparently, according he's to everybody. He's playing right? every character, yeah. apparently. I tweeted out he's playing um, young Leia. That was my new one. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I hear all those points, and like, it, had Galaxy's Edge been that, I, I, I don't know, like in a in a separate universe where they say, hey, w- what do you think the Galaxy's Edge Park will be down the line? Do you think it will be something where they do like Tatooine and Endor and Cloud City and all this other nostalgia stuff? Or do you think it's going to be this brand new world that's like really restrictive in a certain era and all this other stuff? It doesn't make sense that they did, but but they did. And that's the thing is I said, now that you've done it, it feels weird for you to sure. break away from that. Sure. And, and that... 
you know, only three years in, you're like, this was a big mistake. What were we thinking? Well, like, I'm not I don't saying know. completely overhaul it, James, though. I'm just saying, like, why uh, make it the, between yeah. episodes eight and nine forever? I also agree with John's point of, and I keep going back to this because it's the obvious connection of theme park experiences. When you go to Harry Potter worlds, the two lands of Harry Potter, you're in those sets that were used kind of in the movie, like the replicas of what's in the book and on screen. Yeah. So when you're there, you're like, I'm at this shop. I'm at Hogwarts. I'm in mm-hmm. these places. Right. And I think that there is a disconnect for maybe not hardcore Star Wars fans like us, but for the general audience where you're like, okay, where is this? Where am I supposed to be? Instead of saying like, I'm in this thing that we know of. I but mean, it's I, a tough thing to do because what do you do for Star Wars? Do you do a desert? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, that, that's the thing that I always thought was kind of weird sometimes is like, like understanding when you go to a theme park, you're like, oh, I'm really at this place. And I'm like, but I'm not. And it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like, how would I have ex- access to this guy's secret lair or something sure, like that? Sure, I don't know. Sure. I think that's weird. So I think their idea here was like to create a new world that is is like what people often compare to the Mandalorian. They're like, there's no baggage. It immediately is like sure. a brand new thing. And we're course. all on the same page. Like, so when you go, it's like visiting Batu, And for a lot of people, it is like a brand new Star Wars experience that feels Star Wars, Absolutely. but it's new to them and they can create their own memories with that world. But to anybody who is paying attention, like myself, I I did. I got to, I read about Ogus Cantina and then went there. Yeah. Sure. So, I'm just exciting. saying it's a and, little and different when you see I'm Harry so Potter on zero 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 one percent of people I on the screen that. and yeah. you're like, I'm in the three broomsticks. Yeah, you know, and, I'm eating there. And my, I guess my last point on it is back to that old adage I, I try to press it. It's not, it's not all or nothing for me. It's like, I, I can embrace Galaxy's Edge as it is now. And when I go, sure. I'm probably going to tear up when i see the falcon and and Mm -hmm. be very immersed and get lost in that world and love it but at the same time say like maybe they you know overthink things a little bit and you know give me moss Eisley cantina give me moments from the movies that we can walk in and be in for a little bit or maybe that's something they can do in addition to galaxy's edge as a separate thing I'm just saying, like, yeah, they could expand the park, and then it's like that's Galaxy's Edge, that's Batu. Over here are some other fun Star Wars experiences. Yeah, so we'll so we'll see what happens. But, I, I just, I, I just, I just want to go. I just want to go. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of going, we need to get going because we're uh, we're running on time. Um, a few other things that I just wanted to mention really quick is that the Mandalorian season two finale did update their credits to add a, um, a memoriam for the original Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock. So um, that's kind of when they, they have that opportunity. It's a probably usually a good time to actually um, take it. I agree with that change. change. Backdate, backdate a change. Yeah. That's yeah. a classy um, gesture. Yeah. Not the jeans other- guy. He should have stayed, but this I agree <laughs> right. with. Um, the other quick thing is that, uh, you know, the high Republic is officially here. Um, and you know, we can talk a little bit more about it on, on other, uh, shows as the, as the books and other things continue to come out. Um, but I did want to mention really quick that if you are someone who is interested, if you've read the books and you want to check out our book discussions, me and Kyle Larson, um, who's also uh, a pundit here at, uh, Star Wars Newsnet writer for us. 
Um, we sit down and we kind of talk about the first two books that came out from the High Republic and had a good discussion on them. Um, as well as if you are someone who plans on not reading the books, um, it's just too time consuming, too much money, or maybe you read them now, but in three years from now, you're going to be like, what the heck happened in that book? We also did like these brief summaries that kind of tell you um, just in t- 10 or 15 minutes, like what happened in this book so that you don't have to read it, but you kind of have an understanding of what's going on uh, in that world. Yeah. So if you want to check those things out, um, be sure to do those. So that's four videos uh, two, uh, what happened for light of the Jedi and, uh, two for uh, test of courage. And I think, Ireland. um, you know, next week we'll talk about it a bit on the podcast. Um, because you know, we've, people need time to absorb this stuff and, and like, yeah. you know, people another week, we'll give more people time to read it and then listen to the podcast. So probably next Monday, We'll give our thoughts on the story and stuff like that. And if James wants to weave in like real high detailed stuff. Uh, but those videos are, are great because those are definitely a good way to get caught up on what happened and that sort of thing. And again, you know, that's that is no disrespect to the authors. If you're not buying the book, some people, like you said, don't have the money or don't have the time, but they want to be well uh, engaged in the story. And um, but also the audiobooks are a provocative thing, too. But, yeah, we will talk about it probably next week on the podcast. Yep. Well, cool. Well, that is it for uh, the Resistance Report this week. Uh, Lacey, take us into our next section. All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of different ways that you can support us. You can like, comment, and subscribe on this video on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. You can follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast, or follow us on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. Or if you want more of us, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. The tiers go up, uh, and you can get more access from exclusive content and videos that we do weekly, uh, polls, Discord servers, and much more. So this is the section of the show that we let our generals be a part of the show as their tier perk. So first, I want to thank the generals. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gelnar, Paul Olson, Jake Hutchins, <laughs> Jeff Connery, uh, Oliver Lewis, and Valtrich Goff. Guys, wow. thank you so much. I now have to take three breaths. So that's cool. Uh, it means a lot to awesome. us. So this week, we welcome back General Mello, Mello from Espana. And we asked him, did you like The Mandalorian Season 2 better than Season 1? Whether you did or didn't explain why. He did ask for a spicy topic. So hopefully this this was spicy enough. So Mello, take it away. Hello, guys. And greetings from Espana. I know it's been a while since I've been the show. I just want to say hello and uh, hope everyone's okay and safe and uh, pushing through in these hard times. Well, that was a really good question you guys sent me. And in reality, each season of The Mandalorian stands on its own. However, they're so much better together. I cannot pick a favorite because I really like how the story goes. Slow downs when it needs to slow down, and it goes fast when it needs to go. It needs to go fast. I felt every single episode in my heart, in my soul. I'm a fan. I'm sold. Completely sold. Even a Mumba fan. Well, that's all I have. Viva la resistance. 
Great job, Mello. It's awesome to see you back on the show. Yeah. We're so glad that you're doing well. Uh, so, John, what did you think? Yeah, Mello, it was really good to see you and hear from you. It's been a while, so I'm glad to see you. All right, man, over there holding it down for us in Spain. Are you the person who's been spreading the word uh, about us? Because we're seeing a lot of <laughs> Europe invasion into the resistance base. Uh, so a lot of people picking us up over there. So if you are a part of that, spreading the word. Maybe it's you writing our TRB in the beach all those times on the sand. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, thank you, buddy. But yeah, I mean, great answer. Um, I like how deep it got for you. That each uh, chapter kind of hit you right here. Um, I feel that way about a lot of the chapters of The Mandalorian, especially the season two finale, without a doubt. So um, I thought you did a great job. Uh, you copped out a little on me by not picking one. But, uh, but that, <laughs> I want a spicy topic. Uh, I love them. I all. love it all. Yeah. Um, that was, figured Jet Jetta would say something like that. But yeah, uh, no, you're the man, Mello. Love you. I can't wait to hopefully you know see you again post pandemic. Uh, Miss uh, those times we were hanging out and having those drinks and stuff. So uh, my best to you and your family. Great job on the Padres. I agree. The Mandalorian's great. Keep bringing it on, and uh, we'll see you around, buddy. James. Yep. Mello, my man. I want that jacket so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good jacket. I'm like sitting there thinking like, okay, there he is. There's the spots. He's talking Mandalorian. Man, that jacket looks awesome. Yeah. So I just got pumped on that. Um, solid answer though. I mean, I think that that's true. Absolutely. I think that's true for a lot of fans, especially watching the Mandalorian. It's like picking between your kids, you know, um, which ones do you like? We're always going to sit there and kind of say our favorites. And if we had to choose, Lacey hates that one of these must go, which, which one must go one Hate or two. It. And it's like, no, man. I mean, I just, I, I, they mean different things, you know? Um, I love them both for different reasons. Um, so, uh, I, I agree with the answer. Um, thanks for doing it. Thanks for being a general and, uh, I'll see you next time. Mello, great job. I agree with you that The Mandalorian Season 2 in particular really saved Boba Fett for me. I, I think for a long time I've been very like, ugh, about that character. And I explained why, because of the way he dies. He dies as a chump. But he came back fully developed into an awesome character. I think part of that is because of Robert Rodriguez. Like He took that character to a level that... I didn't even know I needed, and then I got it, and I was like, oh, this is why people love him. I get it now. Uh, so I totally agree with you. So thank you so much for your support. Great answer. We hope to see you soon. Um, now we're going to head to me <laughs> for <laughs> resistance transmissions. So Lacey, thanks, Lacey. <laughs> so guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. <laughs> So as you guys know, every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N, and you guys give your answers, and I don't know what was said, what the scenario is, and we see how it goes. So this week we had, the Mandalorian didn't know who Luke Skywalker was. Let's pretend Luke messes with Mando when he, he's asked who he was by giving him a wrong name. Mando, who are you? Luke blank. What does Luke say? <laughs> All right. First up is Stephen Z. Smith at Stephen Z. Smith 88. <laughs> 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 Who said, Bone saw is ready. <laughs> <laughs> 
That what that honestly is so uh, good. That character is my favorite part in that well, you gotta movie. Do the, you got to do the line. I did it already. No, the other line. Bones up. Oh, I got you for three minutes. Three <laughs> minutes of playtime. If I close my eyes, I honestly feel like I'm talking to Randy Savage right now. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. That my guy favorite is, uh, part unreal is man. the is like the his people. interviews and stuff. Uh, I know, dude. but the people in the audience with the cardboard yes. songs going like, I need <laughs> yeah. to do that for Halloween. Just yeah, it, it does need to be said that go just for the heck of it. Go watch old wrestling promos of I got you for Randy three Savage. minutes, <laughs> dude. He is he's absolutely unreal. He's like. I got this bottle, and it's right here. <laughs> it's like it's so weird. I'm not doing his voice. I'm just doing yeah. his like. Yeah, I'm just doing his like his whole mannerism. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> That'll be your Schmodown character. Oh jeez. Oh, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, hey, I don't have a character. What's up? Um. All right. Rick Villanueva. I love Netflix. Hi. Uh, Rick Villanueva at Cad's Bane Bounty. Hey, Rick. He said. Mando, who are you? Luke, I'm here to talk to you about the Razor Crest extended warranty. <laughs> oh, man. Mando. Just silence. Silence. <laughs> he uh, he should take it out because at this point it's already blown up, but if they're willing to yeah, extend, extend his warranty. warranty. Yeah. yeah. Next is Logan Tesmer at Logan Tesmer. Make it your handle, Logan. Logan said, it is I, C-3PO. You probably don't recognize me because of the black glove. <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. Next is Mark at Dekine Awakens. At Dekine Awakens. And Mark said, I'm Boba Fett's rival son's uncle. <laughs> that checks out. Next is Jonathan Bose at Call Me Bosey. <laughs> I like that, okay. Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan. Okay, Bozy. <laughs> he said, I'm Bo Katan's sister's boyfriend's apprentice's son. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the other one and I'm like, I'm Boba Fett's rival son. He's not Mace Windu's son's uncle. What? Come on, dude. Next is Beer Fett Bethany at Beer underscore Fett. Hey, Bethany. Uh, she actually was in Galaxy's Edge recently. It was like yeah. a great time. Yeah, repping a Make Solo 2 Happen hoodie. I know. I'm just saying. I, I think so you had awesome. a great time. It's amazing, yes. Bethany. She you're said, awesome. "Jabba, Jabba the Hut Skywalker." <laughs> Luke's like, "Oh wait, that's no, a, Luke's saying this." That's a Rebels reference. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Andrew Espinal at. Oh my God, Andrew, where have you been? At I drew on you. It's been a while. He said, "Joe." <laughs> Joe Mama, wait, psych, I can't, cause, <laughs> I can't be because she dead. Ha, got him. <laughs> Andrew. Well, I guess and, in fairness, Luke can say that because his mama dead too. Yeah, I guess. Next is Stephen Bowman at Stephen A. Bowman. Hey, Stephen. What Stephen up, said, Mando, Mando, who are you? Luke, the question is, what am I? Mando, okay, what are you? Luke, <laughs> Luke, I'm up dog. Mando, what's up dog? Luke winks at camera, cuts to black. <laughs> did it, did it, did it. All right. Next is Scott Gibson at Scott Gibby. Hey, Scott. Scott says, I'm literally all the Jedi. But he's not. He's not Rey. Well, she wasn't right. a Jedi at that point. That's true. And last but not least is Capt underscore Hooch at 
at Hooch Cap. What up, Jake? Jake said, Mando, who are you? Luke pulls out a cheeseburger. I am Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Have you seen Iron Man? Yes. Oh. John laughs extra hard because it's a Favreau project. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a reference. John loves it 3,000. Thank you guys so much so for your answers. Doesn't even know it. Really, really appreciate it. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N on Twitter and look for the sin- scenario. I almost said situation, but I didn't. Situation or scenario. All right. Back to you, John. Uh, thank you everyone so much for listening or watching being a part of trb keep spreading the word we are growing uh and it's thanks to you so if you have friends who like star wars or maybe you just got into star wars from the mandalorian or something or don't like star wars but hey maybe we're just mm. really cute Uh, send him a link and um, I pointed at myself for the audio listeners um, just, I know but the best is the audio listeners are just going to hear silence so and be like, dead uh, air yeah. <laughs> um, they're really selling themselves uh, mm. no but yeah send people links share us with them we really appreciate that um, and subscribe to us like uh, Lacey said before uh, YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify is my personal favorite what up to Europe? Uh, everyone's like really finding us over there, so that's so cool. Appreciate that. And of course, everyone take here a shot every time John brings up Europe this episode. Yeah, I'll start singing what "Final up? Countdown" mean, by Europe if you want me to. You mean who up? Who up? Europe. Oh, <laughs> it's happening! It's all happening. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, Teespring.com/slash/store/slash/resistance/broadcast. Uh, we got the Mando Fan Show Season Two shirts. James has the TRB logo. Um, we still have. I have a, a solo shirt from Disney. We, so. we still have a limited <laughs> supply. Of, Shop.disney.com. Uh, our Make Solo Two Happen pins. Uh, once they're sold out, they're gonna be gone uh so oh. go get your pin there my son took mine teespring.com slash makes a little two happen pin and of course all the makes a little two happen shirts uh pick your stuff up uh there so we appreciate that support too uh you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey star wars newsnet.com and my other movie podcast just like the movies look us up on uh, apple and uh, spotify uh james uh you can find me on twitter and instagram both at myra trunks nice lacy you can find me really excited about Thursday's guest on oh, yeah. Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Now, Lacey, who is joining us on Thursday? Paul, a.k.a. Carson Tava from The Mandalorian. That's right. And Kim's Convenience, which is really good. So go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Paul Sun Yun Lee is joining us on Thursday. Uh, we are so excited to have him on. Um, Our ready? longest yeah. episode ever. Get ready. <laughs> yeah cat's out of the bag we already talked to him so we're really excited to show you guys uh oh they know that yeah yeah spoiler alert you stayed till the end uh speaking of that what's what's our what's our word of uh the day europe apparently europe yeah let's do it all right europe you're up so uh leave a comment on youtube or hit us up or quote tweet our episode on twitter and just write europe and people be like what is it why does everyone keep doing that i have to listen to the show now and there you go so thank you everybody and uh yeah we'll see you thursday morning with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids bye it's been a while